follow the money. Higher education is almost a trillion-dollar industry. That includes Christian institutions. Do universities care more about students or a paycheck? Last week, the largest Christian university in the United States leveled with a record-setting fund. The Department of Education completed an investigation of Grand Canyon University, the largest Christian school in the nation. The institution was fined $37.5 million for claims of deception. GCU is accused of lying to doctoral students about the cost of the program, the majority of students paying between ten dollars and $12,000 more than anticipated. GCU has denied any wrongdoing and claims they're being retaliated against by the department. We don't know how this saga will end, but one thing is for sure, the truth will come out. Jesus tells us in Luke 8, there is nothing hidden that will not be disclosed and nothing concealed that will not be known or brought out into the open. Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris sharing the great story that's all about Jesus. Here it is Monday. The work week beginning for many of us. We're continuing a series called Johnny Cash, Out of the Darkness. You can't see it with your eyes, hold it in your hand. But like the wind that covers our land, strong enough to rule the heart of any man, this thing called love. It can lift you up, never let you down. Take your world and turn it all around. Ever since time, nothing's ever been found that's stronger than love. That song was called A Thing Called Love, and it was actually Johnny Cash's biggest hit in Canada. Perhaps you've seen the famous movie about Johnny Cash that came out nearly 20 years ago, Walk the Line. It was loved by many. It gave a somber look into Johnny's struggle with substance abuse, but it missed the most important part of his life when he came into the loving arms of Jesus. But in the recently released documentary called Johnny Cash, The Redemption of an American Icon, you'll not only see how Johnny hit rock bottom, but how his life was transformed by the gospel. Hello, I'm Johnny Cash. Johnny told me I'm my happiest when I'm performing. But sometimes Cash gets into trouble. There was not one person that didn't respect Johnny Cash. He sort of lived in his own atmosphere. He was darkness and light living in the same body. He was my hero for all the right reasons and all the wrong reasons. Make us all fleeting. That's famous fleeting. He faced his worldliness and came out wanting to be right with God. It's a biblical precedent that God uses complicated people. Do you have any regrets about what you've done? I forgave myself. When God forgave me, I figured I'd better do it too. It's a clip from the new documentary on the life and redemption of Johnny Cash. In a moment, we're going to hear about another man who had lived a life of darkness, a man who fought the law and lost, but then he was exposed to the light. It's a story from the New Testament, that thief on the cross. How is it that this man who had lived far away from God was promised by Jesus to be with him in paradise later that very same day? 
Well, I want you to stay with me as we turn to God's Word together. After the program, for your gift to the ministry, I want to send you the documentary called Johnny Cash, The Redemption of an American Icon. My wife and I saw it week before last and were pleasantly surprised with how well it was made. We not only enjoyed watching clips from his concert and hearing his music, but it also is a very honest film about his struggles with sin. And then that led to his conversion to Christ. You're going to be blessed to watch this film. And let me say, I think it's a great evangelistic tool because it clearly shares the gospel. You can watch the trailer at haventoday.org. That's haventoday.org. And make your gift there. Or call us after the program at 800-65-HAVEN. 800-65-HAVEN. And just a note, you can't find this DVD on Amazon or other online stores. And now let's open the program with Wren Collective. He's our rescuer. He's our rescuer. We are free from sin forevermore. Oh, how sweet the sound. Oh, how grace abounds. We'll praise the Lord, our rescuer. There is good news for the captive. There is good news for the world who walked away. There is good news for the doubter. The one religion failed. For the good Lord has come to seek and save. He's our
It's never too late to come to Jesus. That's what we'll be hearing all week from God's Word as we continue a series called Johnny Cash, Out of the Darkness. And that theme was sung for us loud and clear by the Northern Irish band Rend Collective as we begin a new week together here on Haven Today. Johnny Cash was struggling during the height of his career. He was beset with alcohol abuse. Add to that the drug abuse. He was in a pendulum of extreme highs, all on pills and booze, extreme lows, all on pills and booze. He knew this couldn't be sustained in the long run. He had lost his first marriage. He was in trouble with the law. He was in need of a savior. Listen for a moment how he and his family and friends describe his redemption in the late 1960s. All that success, all the partying, all the money, all the fame, it's not real anymore. And uh, you start realizing what is real. We saw him at his lowest. But that is where he remembered that God was on his side. You know, Jesus doesn't say, clean up your life and come to me. He effectively says, come to me and I will clean your life up. At that moment of despair, he chose to get back up. There is a light. If you hang in there long enough, you will get through the tunnel. And that's exactly what Johnny Cash did. I came back from uh, Nickajack Cave in uh, June. She said, you're dying, you know. You'll die if you don't if you don't get off of the off the amphetamines and the sleeping pills. And I said, I know it, I will. And she said, I'll tell you what I'll do. I, um, I want to save your life. And I'll be here at this house every afternoon. And that way you can stay straight and look forward to seeing me. And we'll get this thing whipped. When he reached out to people that could help him, my mother was there. I was on self-destruct and uh, she saw what I was doing to myself and she helped bring me back up out of it. I thought he was gonna die. He was just getting bone. I worked with him. There was something that just wouldn't let me give up. He's detoxing and there's June. I can just see her like, you'll have to come through me. Call it old fashioned, call it tough love. That's what you do. Without question, June Carter saved the life of Johnny Cash. She helped him to get off the pills and she stood by his side. And June, her mother and daddy and all my family and friends were downstairs sleeping in sleeping bags. It kept me going. They were praying together. And the Lord brought him through that. It was a spirit of, of the love of God that, uh, that made a survivor out of me. And not only a survivor, but a sustainer. A little bit more from the documentary called Johnny Cash, The Redemption of an American Icon. It chronicles the Maine and Black's tremendous talent as a singer and songwriter. But it's also a very honest film about his struggles with sin and his conversion to Christ. I'll share with you in a moment how you can get a copy of this DVD for yourself and maybe an extra one to share with someone who needs to hear the gospel. Somebody last week ordered 20 copies from us and made a nice gift to Haven Ministries as well. Now, maybe you've been away from the church for a while, like Johnny Cash was, or maybe you've never been to church. Maybe you know someone who needs to come to church. It's not too late And the Bible is full of stories that show us the gracious love of God, saving people who seem too far gone. 
I'm thinking of the thief on the cross in Luke 23. Jesus wasn't the only one crucified on that Good Friday. There were two others on either side of him. Luke 23 gives us a conversation between them. Listen in to that conversation. One of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at our Lord. Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God, he said, since you are under the same sentence? We are punished justly, for we're getting what our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. And then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And how can we ever forget? Verse 43, Luke 23, Jesus answering him, truly, I tell you today, you will be with me in paradise. Aren't the biblical accounts so rich? Just a little snippet of a conversation between Jesus and another tells us so much. Luke already told us in verse 32 that there were two criminals being crucified along with Jesus. Clearly, they've done something worthy of crucifixion. Luke didn't tell us exactly what it was, but Matthew 27, 44 tells us these two men were robbers, thieves, and they were dying just like Jesus. And they had some things in common. And I don't just mean that they were both robbers. They both recognized there was something significant about the man in between them. The first thief knew that Jesus was supposed to be the Messiah. The second knew that Jesus was innocent. And they both wanted to be saved, but not for the same reasons. The first thief, even though he recognized that Jesus was the Messiah, joined in on the insults that Jesus received from the crowds. All the gospel accounts tell us that Jesus was mocked on his way to be crucified. He claimed to be the Messiah, the chosen Savior of God's people. If he was so special, why couldn't he save himself? The thief said the same thing to Jesus, but added something, save yourself and us. Clearly, this man wasn't worried about Jesus' well-being. He cared more about saving his own skin, getting off the cross himself. He was probably Jewish. He addressed Jesus as the Messiah and implored Jesus to please save him. Not only that, but the other thief said, don't you fear God? These are Jewish terms. They tell us something about this thief. He expected to be saved. If he were Jewish... It meant he was a descendant of Abraham and a member of the chosen race of God's people, at least by heritage. In his mind, he had a claim on the promises of God. With death there on his door, he began looking for a way out. And this self-proclaimed Messiah named Jesus seemed like a convenient option. He wasn't remorseful. He wasn't repentant. He simply thought he deserved to be saved. We might be tempted to think there was no chance of this guy being saved. But that's why there were two thieves. They both lived similar lives in sin and lawlessness. They both were on the cross for crimes they really did commit. From the outside, it looked like it was too late for both of them. The Old Testament law says anyone hanging on a tree is cursed, and to be cursed meant the Lord had no favor for you. But the second thief was different. And Luke tells us the story this way. 
to show us that it's never too late for the grace of the Lord to break through. He admitted he was guilty. As he rebuked the first thief, he reminded him, we're getting what we deserve. The hardest part of getting found is getting lost. We have to admit, to own up to our sin, to recognize our guilt. You get the sense that the first thief somehow still thought it was somebody else's fault, always blaming somebody else. When we stand before the Lord, he doesn't look to what our friends wanted us to do or that we didn't really want to do what we did. He looks at what we did. And on that basis, we're all guilty. And the second thief understood that. He acknowledged Jesus. Now, the first thief also acknowledged Jesus. But for him, Jesus was just the most convenient option. For the second thief, Jesus was the only option. Jesus was the one going to a kingdom. Not just any kingdom. His kingdom. The thief knew that Jesus wasn't just some guy who didn't commit a crime. He knew that Jesus was the king and more than just a king. He was the Messiah. When we look at other stories in the Gospels, we see that no one can know this unless the Lord reveals it. The Lord had been at work in this thief on the cross. And so this thief turned to Jesus in faith. The first thief turned to Jesus as just a means to an end. The second turned to Jesus as his only hope. This thief was living proof of Joel 2.32, that minor prophet Old Testament prophecy, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That means you. If you're listening right now and you haven't called upon the name, he's listening. He's always listening. If you call on his name, you will be saved. But not just from your guilt. There are two more amazing things about this story. The second thief is confident that Jesus, the king, is going to enter his kingdom. Remember me when you get to your kingdom. But a kingdom needs people, citizens. And a kingdom needs a place. This theme has been shown by the Lord that Jesus is the King of Kings, the Messiah, anticipates Jesus' resurrection from the dead. Jesus was dying on the cross, and the thief, knowing he is the Messiah, trusts in faith that this is not the end for this man in the middle. This is the ultimate proof that the Lord will give us, that he will save us. Like what Paul says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord or King and believe in your heart in the resurrection, you will be saved. So this thief hoped to have a spot in God's kingdom when Jesus finally inherited it after the resurrection. That's what makes Jesus' answer so powerful. Today, you will be with me. He was saying that his death on our behalf which this thief was witnessing, secures us in his kingdom, not just someday, but this day, today, now. If you're believing in Jesus, you're a citizen of God's kingdom, and that means that even if you die today, you will be with the Lord in paradise. It wasn't too late for those thieves on the cross. They were both sinners in need of grace. One pleaded for it, 
one demanded it, and it isn't too late for you or someone you know who hasn't called on Jesus' name to be saved. Jesus is now in paradise, welcoming in anyone who turns to him, trusting that he died for them and rose again from the dead. Time ran out for the first thief, not because he didn't have opportunity, but because he refused to come in broken dependence. The Lord accepts any and all who come broken and despairing of their own guilt. But it isn't just good news for those who have yet to believe. It's good news for us who have believed. We still sin. And if you're like me, then you're more painfully aware of your own sin today than you were when you first trusted in Jesus as Lord and Savior. We need to remember that Jesus saved us before it was too late. And because he did, we can keep depending on him to forgive us and even grow us in faith. It's never too late to turn to Jesus, even if you're on your deathbed. God can and God will save all who call on him. Rock of ages, cleft for me. Let me hide myself in thee. Let the water and the blood from thy wounded side which flow be of sin the double cure. Save from wrath and make me pure. Let me hide myself in thee. In my hand no price I bring, simply to thy cross I cling. While I draw this bleeding breath, when my eyes shall close in death, Lord, when I rise to worlds unknown and behold thee on thy throne, rock of ages, cleft for me. Let me hide myself in thee. Let me hide myself in thee. Johnny Cash, singing from his Precious Memories album, Rock of Ages, This is Haven Today, and I'm Charles Morris. And when we began our time together, we heard a little bit about the incredible life of Johnny Cash, the man in black. Johnny had a hard life. From the Great Depression to his brother dying young, he faced the realities of life in a fallen world early. But thankfully, he grew up in a Christian home where there were biblical roots. And despite all the challenges and temptations he faced, And all of the sin he gave into, 
The Lord used these truths to rescue Johnny and changed his life later on. And I know you'll be so encouraged to learn about this journey of redemption when you watch the new documentary about his life called Johnny Cash, The Redemption of an American Icon. As you watch, you'll enjoy great music and film clips from the past, but you'll also be blessed to hear how the gospel changed his life, his wife June Carter, and the rest of the family. And I know you'll be encouraged to see how God gave this broken man another chance, but a chance with new life in Christ. Get in touch with us right now. Make your gift to this listener-supported ministry. We'll get you the DVD right away. Johnny Cash, The Redemption of an American Icon. And here's a suggestion. This would make a great film to invite friends and family over who don't know Jesus yet. Watch it together. Pop some corn. Serve some sodas. And have a great time. And be blessed. Call us right now at 800-65-HAVEN. 800 800- 65 Haven, or go online, watch the movie trailer, then make your gift at haventoday.org. Haventoday.org. And remember, you can't find this DVD on Amazon or other similar online stores. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks for joining me. Won't you come back again tomorrow? When again, together, we'll share the great story. It's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. In today's world, it can feel overwhelming to think about doing anything than just surviving day by day. We hear billionaires talking about building something with their life. It sounds nice. But how can we build something when peace is far off? First Chronicles 14 tells us, that the people of Judah couldn't fortify their cities until the land was at peace. Only then could they strengthen themselves and build something. Our hearts are at war. They're restless until they find peace and rest in Christ. And now that we have it, we can build. No, not with money and things. We can build a life that honors the Lord day by day. By faith, we walk with Christ. Spend more time with Jesus. Visit GetAnchor.com.